Welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. Today we are talking about online and in-person church services. The world has changed recently and we are exploring a whole new uh, expression of church through online services. And so we're going to be talking about that today. So Pastor Rod, uh, I just wanted to ask you, like this whole uh, online expression of church and in-person working along with that, how do you see us using both expressions of church to reach people for Jesus? Well, when, when COVID started, I think all of us were at different places. Some had done online, some had done none, and it really did um, accelerate everyone's interest with online. So the question is, did it work? I think we can really dive into that a lot more, but my answer is yes. And um, But I think it's got to be excellent. And so we could talk about that, what is excellent, because excellence doesn't mean a million dollars worth of equipment, but it does mean um, something that meets your congregants and, and future congregants, in other words, people around the world. So yeah, it's got to be good. Uh, in person has also got to be good in its own way. And together, I think that's the the hybrid model, the way of the future is is in a hundred percent online and a hundred percent in person. Great, yeah. I mean, we're very excited about this uh, these two expressions of church and how they outwork and work together. Uh, but maybe we should back up a little bit because uh, with online being so new, um, I think we need to talk about how does church actually look like like on this platform and. And is this biblical? Like, what are some of the objections we might hear around online online church and and uh, maybe the theology behind our thinking of why we do feel this is valid and uh, an important uh, expression of church moving forwards? <laughs> uh, you got a Big few question. hours there. We we don't, but it's like whoa. Um, we're going to enter into things like church history, church experience, some Bible verses. There is so much to really travel here. But what I want to say is all through history, since the beginning of the church, the book of Acts, chapter 2, the local church has looked different. It's looked different as regarding its context, whether the countries were free or closed, whether they were in wartime or peacetime. Um, There's so many parts to that puzzle. And and then, you know, 100 years ago, maybe, I I don't know my timing there, there was the, the, the beginning of radio. And, and all of a sudden, um, you, could, you could actually do radio programs into many parts of the world we couldn't do before. And then the world moved into TV. And some people could do TV and, and many could not. And, and when we hit um, online, we realized we could all do a form of uh, expression online. So I think all through history, context tells us that we need to find a way to do church. Because the church is the people of God meeting together. And um, some people will say, well, you know, that means we've got to be in the same room. And I, I think we can all agree that that historically has not been the case. I mean, even when Paul wrote his letters to churches in a different country, even a different continent when he's writing into um, Rome, or that they were hand-delivered by a person to people who... 92% couldn't read. Um, someone had to read it out. And then, and then um, you know, that's their context. Their context was they had to get a part of the Bible and then, and then use it and, 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 and memorize it and, and pass it on if they could. And in other words, they made did with what they had. 
they had to do what they had to do. Um, so with COVID, I think we had to do what we had to do. And some of it has been gold, just absolutely amazing. So context is really important. But I believe that the local church is where people meet with God. Jesus said it very clearly, where two or three meet in my name, there I am in the midst. Now, we either believe that or we don't. And I believe it. And I know most of our listeners will believe that. So a group of two could be a church. In fact, in some countries of the world where there's a war, it is a church. You can't get more than that in in your little home or under the ground or wherever you're meeting. But this has always been the case from the time of the early church, where people were persecuted for hundreds of years, from the birth of the church in, let's say, 30, 33 AD um, until 300-something AD. The, the Roman Empire, uh, there, was, there was absolute persecution of the church and many times people had to hide and be together in a little little cluster which could have been a family it could have been a couple it could have been two friends meeting in a park um but that that is a church now it's a small church and you want churches to grow but context tells us we've got to go with what we got and um so what am I saying? That the, the, the local church is about people meeting with God. Now, there's another factor that we discovered over this last two years or two and a half years, and that is that even one person can meet with another person on Zoom and have church. And I, I think it's another whole level or another whole moment, maybe not, not level, but a moment in history where we need to discover that that's valid also that some people are stuck in their homes. There was, there was quarantines. There was, um, in one country, if you went outside, you would be shot uh, because of the COVID, COVID quarantine. Um, that was for a short season in the Philippines. And um, what are people going to do? They say, well, they're not going to say, well, we've got to be together and go out and, and risk being shot. They're going to go on Zoom and they're going to have a, a valid experience together. So the context makes us look at how do we do it, uh, which is, I guess, a coming discussion here. But I don't think this is unique in history is what I'm saying. I, I think some people have seen the online as a unique moment. What I'm saying is historically that's incorrect. You know, some people have hidden in caves uh, for a season of their life um, and that, alone, and, and, and that had to be church too because there was no other way they could meet with another believer. So that's a huge way of answering the question up front. But I believe the church is where people meet with God, preferably two or more. But there have been times where even one and God had to be the church in their context. Um, and I think that what, what we need to ask then is, well, what, what does a church do? Um, you're probably going to ask that question. But let me just, just share a couple of scriptures that talk about even the beginning of the church, there was two expressions. There was the, the temple expression of church and there was the house expression, the house church and the big church. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That would have been thousands of people. At the end of chapter 2, we know there was thousands in the church. And from house to house. Now, even here in Japan, we cannot meet house to house, usually, because the people who are getting, who are believing in Jesus are living with their parents who are not believers. 
we can't meet in their houses. So right from the beginning here in Japan, we had to meet in Starbucks or in the park. So straight away, let me say house to house doesn't mean literal house. It means small groups, wherever they find them. Might be at a workplace, might be in the park, might be by a river. But the two expressions here all of a sudden at the end of Acts chapter 2 is revealed as the church. Um, And people might say, well, we like the temple expression. And I say, well, yeah, me too. But it's not always possible. This same phrase appears in Acts chapter 5. And um, it appears that that, that there was was meeting in uh, the temple courts and house to house uh, the second time. And the third time is an easy one to remember. It's Acts 20.20. Acts 2020, where Paul is writing to the Ephesian elders. Um, and um, yeah, 2020 is also this, this um, little you know, saying for insight. You know, I have 2020 vision, so it's quite an interesting scripture. Acts 2020, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. So three times in the book of Acts, it, it delineates the temple meeting, and the house church meeting as valid. And all through history, there's been the big meeting and the little meeting, and hopefully both at the same time. But in persecution, you can't do the big church meeting. So um, during COVID and during quarantine, you couldn't do the big church meeting. So what do we do? We go to the small church and now added online and Zoom and different platforms, which we're not going to talk about, but all that stuff. So I don't know if I answered your question there because it's a big question. Yeah. But the church is a bigger expression than just a Sunday meeting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It seems like, if I can summarize maybe a little bit, is that the church has always adapted throughout history. Like that's not new. Maybe what's new is the technology or the way that it's happening. But uh, the church has always adapted and will always need to adapt. Um, I think if the Apostle Paul was alive today, 2,000 years later, we wouldn't have all those New Testament letters. He would have used, first of all, Twitter and then YouTube and Instagram and Zoom, and he would have had an absolute blast. He would have had a, uh, he would be the Zoom guy. He would be the online guy. And what about in-person meetings? Yeah, he's not going to stop that either. Um, but he didn't have any of that technology, so they used letter writing, which was so slow. It was so slow, and that's why most letters are longer, because they had to be written and then delivered, and then delivered to other churches, and, and that was the only technology they had back then. But in Paul's day, the under the Roman Empire, they had what they called the Pax Romana, or the, the Roman peace, by which the, the, the Roman army and navy got rid of pirates and got rid of bandits and allowed people to move for the first time in many centuries. And and so the technology included sea traffic, road traffic, um, letter writing. There was a post service under the Romans. And, and so in Paul's day, he used all of that. We know he did. And yes, I think Paul today would have used modern technology. Um, so I think the New Testament being written in its context um, used all the technology of their day. And that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Right. So he was, he was actually maximizing technology uh, to the extent that he could in Absolutely. his timing. Absolutely. And it's incredible to see that. 
In fact, he was a, a tent maker by trade. Actually, that word could be also sail maker, so it could be involved with the, the sea industry. Um, and uh, he would have understood ships absolutely, being from Tarsus, in the, the bottom of what we call Turkey today, a seaport. Um, he, was a, he was a man who understood the Bible, but really understood industry, um, technology, uh, languages. He, he was God's chosen to take the gospel to the Gentiles, which was, it says a number of times God had chosen him to take it outside Israel to the Gentiles. He was uniquely gifted to understand technology, to understand transportation, to understand the postal system. Yes, he used all of those structures to share the gospel. I feel like there's almost a challenge there, like to the church, like how much can you leverage today's technology or whatever to be to be able to reach people? Um, totally. That the yep. church should be adapting um, with the, yeah, to the, the current times um, and how we, we reach people. Well, I know you and I, Rich, and many of our leaders have said, it's amazing the pandemic came in 2020 that we had this technology that 20 years earlier, although we had the, the internet, we didn't have this technology. It, it, it was, there's no perfect time for a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying, but it did come in the perfect time for technology and, and for us to, all of us to be able to pick up a phone and, and talk to people and, and transmit something to someone in another country or across the city and to have fellowship and to have to read the Bible together and to pray together and take communion together and all of it on- online, the, the timing has been really amazing, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It wouldn't have worked any other time. Yeah. It's... And if we remember, remember before 20 years ago, there was dial up. I don't know if you remember that at your age. Yeah. But there was, no, uh, I remember. And like, that, that, that noise oh. of the, yeah. uh, the dial up and, Often it said, you know, the, the, the spinning wheel of death that never, you know, you never landed. <laughs> it never connected. And to have this level of um, connectivity, we've got great mics and great cameras. And, um, you know, it, it's just amazing for us to explore how we can share the gospel with our own people and with people outside the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And this technology has allowed us to go places that we could never go to. I mean, absolutely. People's homes who yeah who are not even comfortable leaving their own home. Yeah, and here in here in Japan, we have two million people they call locked in. That the word is hikikomori in Japan. It means locked in people that don't go outside their home. Two million uh, young people, um, very hurt by the world and by their experience, and we can actually reach them because they're always on the internet. Um, so that that's a new people group right there, and we we finding new people groups um, in certain countries, even in in wartime countries, um, we're actually able to start um, new campuses, new churches. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I think also if you look at where people spend their time, we'd probably say we we all spend too much time, you know, on our phones and with our heads down and. And we're, we're in a, we're living in an online world where yeah. we're, we're walking through that every day and to not have the church there is, is a big miss. So yeah, yesterday, um, Masashi, who's, um, our campus pastor in Yokohama and also our youth pastor, um, said a, a study came out about where young people are happy. Um, let, let me back up a little there, There's every year there's a happiness uh, study around the world, every country. And Japan's always been low, like 
number 150 or something like ridiculous um and you think how can a wealthy country be so low it's because people are lonely and and so this study also said well where's your happy place and the number one answer was while they're on the the internet while sorry while they're on um social media uh while they're on instagram um or youtube and so yes they're, they're they've got their phone and their heads are down and they're calling that their happy place now we would like to invite them into a bigger world of relationships of course but we can use um leverage that interest and that happy place to put happy stuff out there whether it's TikTok or um whatever we use let's put some stuff out there in fact some of our most popular stuff in japan for evangelism has been some silly stuff um i don't mean we make fun of god but it just um you know someone saying something and getting a word wrong people laughing people because in japan they said they were so tired of bad news people were so tired of bad blogs or bad something bad someone saying something bad and someone reacting so so there's actually a reaction people are saying show me something happy because uh, i'm going to use my phone i want to be happy so show me something happy so again we're seeing that how the world has changed the youth world has changed and is changing and again we need to be in technology to reach that world hey yeah i think there's definitely a stronger awareness that social media can make you very unhappy like there's a there seems to be a lot more people talking about that doctors and yeah uh educated people uh and it's it yeah it's, i think there's been some experience now yeah and, and i'm not saying it is that it is the source of happiness all i'm saying is people are looking for that as a source of happiness so please just clarify to the, to the listeners here i'm not saying social media is a source of happiness i'm saying that's where the world is trying to find mm, and so we've right. got to be into into that world and presenting the goodness the goodness of our lives and the goodness of jesus in in, in their world yeah. yeah and i'm i'm just thinking from the angle of like because people are aware that actually this is making me feel bad like a lot of social media like i think there is a, a pushback towards wanting to follow good news or yeah. more positive uh yeah. sources of yeah whether it's even just like following a meme account that makes you laugh or something it's like mm. something that has a positive effect on you and i think that you know a lot of our, our people are so funny and happy genuinely they're not they're not yeah. fake they're not in fact people can see through fake they don't want that but genuine times of explosive laughter or happiness um our people are really good at that because they're joyful <laughs> yeah. you know your people are some of the most joyful people in hong kong and that's just such a great great message is is you can be a successful hong konger and you can be joyful and you can find friends and hey why don't you come and find out about jesus as well mm. can we can we talk a little bit about your experience in japan like throughout COVID and like how long you were online only for hmm. and maybe how your church uh how people responded to uh the church going online and yeah. i don't know from a leadership perspective or yeah and and i talk about this context. i talk about this a lot because it's been actually a good journey in a hard time you know you don't want to go through it again but uh, when we hit COVID in you know march 2020 we couldn't meet anymore in a big meeting and japanese are very cautious anyway in fact japanese wear masks before COVID, like they for allergies and just being polite 
Um, so the mask culture was never an issue here. But people were scared and would not come out and would not bring children. So we immediately knew we couldn't meet in New Testament words in the, the temple or the, the bigger meeting. So we had to move immediately to online. But the second thing we had was we had connect groups in person and we moved all our connect groups to Zoom. So our services went to pre-recording online and our small groups went to Zoom. So we used two different formats, but both worked amazingly for us. And I think that we, when we hit COVID, our small groups were at our maximum effectiveness. And I, I think that's really important for us to know because um, we didn't have to build online connect groups. We had them. We had to transfer them online from from physical to online. That was the that was the shift. But everybody did it because there was no other alternative. And then we also had to teach how to people get, how to give give online because there was no way for people to come and give their tithes. So we had to teach people online giving from a dead start, like Japanese were not giving online very much um, to being 100%. So immediately, those two, those two formats and, and where our church was at, our church has actually maintained so much goodness. Um, yes, we've lost a few people who have left Japan. They've gone back to America or Singapore or somewhere. Um, but the ma- majority have stayed. Our Japanese have stayed. Our Japanese are giving online. And, and here's the most incredible thing, the, the online small groups. So the, the, the meeting from house to house concept, we moved it all to Zoom. It was an absolute success story. It was totally successful. In fact, our numbers went up and have stayed up most of this time. Um, so when we hit COVID, we were ready for that moment. And I, I know a lot of churches have struggled because they didn't have their small groups established so well when it came and they had to start from the beginning and it's been a lot harder for them but for lifehouse it is it is really where we've we've gained and and kept our strength is the small groups and i i would say to anybody listening no matter what time pandemic no pandemic my advice is build small groups build successful small groups and i'm saying that all around the world that you know the Again, Paul's saying meeting in the temple and house to house. Um, let's build the house to house wherever it is. Could be on Zoom, could be in the park, could be in a house. The small group. Um, I, I know this this um, is not about small group today, but we probably will talk about it in the future. What makes a great small group? Um, I've got to leave that leave that alone to say we just we just had it and it was really amazing. So now coming out of COVID back to in person. Um, the question is, do we stay, well, in person, now we have on Sunday, we have an in-person. Do we stay on Zoom with our small groups or do we come back to uh, in-person as well? The answer is, it's up to the group. The group will set that answer and they're all good answers. Uh, And the other thing about what do people come back to in-person or stay online, my answer is, let's not stress. They love the Lord. They love the church. Um, They're on Zoom in a small group. They're in community. Um, we're reaching new people. Uh, whatever people decide, they are great people, and we love them. 
Big answer, but um, that was our story. Uh, two, two and a half years, basically, without well, two years without a um, a Sunday meeting. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and um, and yet the church has stayed really, really strong. Now you just touched on something there about whatever they decide, they're great people. So there's there's some thinking there. Um, yeah, that's intentional. So could you explain a little bit? about that and how, uh, why we're not trying to push people towards a certain direction, um, whether that's online or in person or yeah, the thinking behind that. I'm just so committed to seeing people grow in discipleship. I always have that. That's my key indicator. Um, and I've seen people growing online and in person and in the house and on zoom and I've seen people growing in all those contexts. So I welcome those contexts. If there was a context where people go backwards um, or, or are in a bad place, I'd say, well, maybe that one's not working. But when when all the expressions are actually working, I'd say, take your pick, take your time. You're great people. You love the Lord. As long as we're in community somehow, uh, whether that's online, which is a messaging community, uh, you know, like WhatsApp, or whether it's um, on Zoom, or whether it's chatting online on YouTube, or uh, Facebook, um, as long as there's, there's, there's the interaction, the communication, we're having church, and people are being discipled, and people are keeping mentally pretty healthy, which is actually what we found. We found our people stayed pretty mentally strong. I mean, we've all got bad days, but really, overall, it's been pretty remarkable. Now, I, I know that there's a scripture that people use from... from uh, Hebrews, we we talked about it just before this episode about you know the don't hold back from meeting together. But my experience, if you ask our people, they have met together. You know, to to, to be on WhatsApp, which is you know not even a visual, it's just it's just a you know text. Um, a lot of our people had prayer requests, prayer answered, um, praise reports, um, more prayer you know, I'm doing this, life change. And, and you could see, well, I couldn't see everyone's line group, but I saw a couple that there was so much life happening on line or WhatsApp. And then on Zoom, I'm hearing about people, you know, life change, new jobs, sharing, praying, Bible. What I saw was in every bit of technology, people were being discipled. People were happy and even people getting saved. So I think my answer when people say you've got to meet together, I'm saying, well, hang on. You know, you all through history, that hasn't been possible. You know, in you know, in China in the 1950s, people were being killed uh, for their faith. And and even now it's a little difficult. But um why why can't we just meet on 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 a chat room and, and, and talk about Jesus and share a scripture? So context to me says yeah, yeah. If, in a perfect world, it'd be great to all meet together physically, but this world is not a perfect world, especially now with the new crisis with both COVID and Ukraine. And it's not a perfect world. We, we shouldn't be promising people that. It, it's, it's wrong to say, this is your best life ever, when so much of the world are having a hard life. Um, I think we should say, um, let's believe God to to be our source in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. And, and in that case, we find church. 
So I would kick back against people saying you've got to meet physically because that's just not our, it's not our experience. It never has been. In Japan, we've had to meet people on the phone even before <laughs> the, you know, the internet was great. We, we had to talk to people on the phone. We had to meet people at the train station. We, you know, it's, it's just our context. So wherever there's discipleship and growth and, and, and great mental health with Jesus, uh, people meet, that's, that's church to me. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that, that verse uh, that talks about don't neglect meeting together, it's, to me, it's like the language that the world uses is that this is a Zoom meeting. Yeah. It's a, it, it is a meeting. Yeah. And, and so we are fulfilling that. And, and if you can, if you can mm. shop online, you can have a business online, you can make money online, you can spend it, you can have an online relationship, you can do everything online. But yeah. then to say that it's a, a not a legitimate meeting, uh, just in the church context, to me is just inconsistent with uh, what even how the, just the world is using this technology and how we refer to it. I think it's really a big word, my, myopic, which means one-eyed, like this is my experience, so this is what that verse means. But again, let me say our world is so big, Richard. You're dealing with people in, 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 you know, coming out of China and Taiwan and Bali and other places, and you know every context is so different that many places where we meet, um, you can't meet on a Sunday. In fact, some every Islamic country of the world, you're actually going to be meeting as a church on a Friday. So it's not even a Saturday or a Sunday. So context has pushed the local church to hold its values and its relationship with Jesus, but look extremely different in its context. And I think we need to celebrate that and we need to help people understand that and and not be myopic that this is the only way that we, we meet um, if people enjoy meeting on a Sunday, I think that's great. I wouldn't want to speak to them anything else, but they also shouldn't speak to other parts of the world where they have no understanding and say our way is the only way. Uh, I think I think that is that's myopic is the word. It's just looking at it through one eye. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it, it seems like um, you know what you're saying is it, it's working. <laughs> Yeah. People are growing. People yep. are getting so. So, can you speak to a bit of that in terms of people getting yeah. saved, uh, yeah. growing, and becoming leaders, serving? Sure. Um, yeah. Just last Sunday, I was in one of our churches here in in the beautiful city of Sendai, and we had uh, in person. We only had a few since the end of COVID or the sort of end of COVID, and but we also had a camera with Zoom. So they, that was a hybrid right there in the room. It wasn't even our online program. Here was a live stream to a f- number of people in that area um, who want to link relationally. So that's a different thing. Um, but the people listening online was a, a girl's mum and dad. For the very first time, it was Father's Day and, and her dad promised to watch the service online. His first touch of Christianity, isn't that great, or Jesus? And he said afterwards to her, and I think this is a really good statement, he said, you have good friends and you have good people around you. Now, people might say, well, didn't that miss the point? No, 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 this is the first touch. And and we often see in Japan that first touch is a really good touch, whether they come to see their daughter or son at a wedding ceremony 
or with some friends or a baby dedication, the, the comment often is you have really good people around you. And it's like their hearts are building trust to our message. Now, at the same time, this same young lady in the church had her non-Christian boyfriend in church for the very first time. And and so he's in the room and he's not understanding, but he's enjoying the service. And afterwards, we talked to him and he said, I'm finding it hard to understand. I want to understand it. I want to understand my girlfriend. And like, he's a really nice guy. And he said, but I'm committed to learning. So I'm coming next week. So even in that one room, we had, you know, fully devoted followers of Jesus. We had some new Christians. We had a non-Christian. We had online. Wow. Isn't that a... Isn't that New Testament? And um, I think it's so exciting. Um, and also I heard here in, here in Tokyo was a girl that, that had contacted our church about a month ago, a Japanese girl, never been to church, never had a Christian friend. Like, and she stumbled on our recorded online service, our, our, our scheduled services that we have in English, bilingual, and Japanese. And... Um, no, and all of a sudden she said, I was glued to the screen. Now she used a Japanese word which said it was absolutely wonderful. Steki, which means really she was magnetized to our online and she kept watching and watching. And she said, I've been watching six months. I have no Christian friends and I'm scared to come to church. What do I do? And our pastor contacted her because we had her email now and said, please come and uh, we'll give you a QR code and, and you can come and we'll just get to know you. And um, and she didn't come for two weeks. Last Sunday, she came. Her first understanding, she came and left very quickly. Um, I'm sure she's going to get saved. But there's no way we could have reached a girl like that except for online. So I'm trying to say we, we've got all these expressions and every one of them is bringing fruit. At the same time, our mature and secure Christians are sharing the Bible, sharing prayer requests, sharing praise reports, sharing their lives together. So the strongest ones are also going forward. So you've got the strong ones to the very non-Christians and you see movement towards Christ, which I call discipleship. It's happening everywhere. What about you, mate? What about, what, what are you going to share a couple of stories from Hong Kong before we close? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think here I would call it living room outreach. It's like basically one of our young people puts on the TV on a Sunday morning in their living room and, you know, dad's sitting in his massage chair or whatever, you know, and, and he's, he's watching just by default by being in the room and uh, having the same kind of comments like, Right. This is a good church, or these these are good people. There's a little yeah. little bit more understanding of church here, maybe than in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it's very it's a very fresh, uh, like perspective of church. Uh, yeah. The way that we're we're currently doing it, and the way that we do it online. And uh, yeah, so we're reaching into people's homes, and the family unit is is it's strong here. Uh, yeah. Chinese culture, families is a big deal. And uh, so we're just seeing more families come to church because mm. uh, they've they've been seeing us online because of one person who's part of our church, yeah, playing that in their living room TV. And so we've been telling our people like, don't just watch it on your phone. If you're at home, like, phone's cool, <laughs> but 
but there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can put it on your TV in your living room, that that's going to be outreach to your whole family. Uh, so yeah. And so just like you said, it builds trust. And then at a later date, people can actually connect them in, into church, uh, more so, uh, either through maybe a connect group or coming actually in person. And that's the other thing is that the online experience also builds the in-person experience and vice versa. People are discovering us online and then showing up later on in person and saying, I've been watching you online. Like, how do I start? Like, basically Mm. they're coming in hot. Uh, and I just think that's, that's a, just a wonderful, uh, yeah. And speeding up the process. It it is. And and we're finding that quite a few people who've been watching us, they come in saying we've watched online for six months, one year, two years, and I've come here and I want to receive Jesus. They probably already did in their hearts, but they wanted to come and say, I'm now a believer. It's so exciting. Hey, it really is. It's true. It really, we sort of, I guess we sort of almost promised it was going to happen. And I don't mean that in a, like God said, but just we, we believe it's going to happen. We believe people are going to get saved online. Well, it, it has happened. And it's also happened for us online in countries like right around the world. Almost every country you can mention we've had, well, that's too much, but tens and tens of countries right through Asia, um, people have got saved. And whether they came to our church or another church, doesn't matter, but they, they found Jesus you know, all through you know Saudi Arabia and and Myanmar and Nepal and wherever it is, like please go to a local church there. But they actually had their touch from Jesus um, through online church. Mm, I'm thinking of one guy who came to us, found us on a YouTube channel, uh, had some experience with Christianity through his school, went to a Christian school, um, but he joined us online. And throughout, throughout this whole season, and we've really only just gone back to in-person services mm-hmm. um, a couple of months ago. And, but he's, he's saying he wants to be a pastor now. Like, so we've seen like a full progression throughout wow. the whole COVID season wow. yeah. uh, of this great young guy getting connected with us and, and mm. growing through, you know, connect groups over Zoom and all of that. So, yeah, we've certainly seen fruit at all levels of the journey of faith. Um, it's been awesome. And I think one part to just uh, make sure we get it super clear for people is that we're, we're not putting one, one expression of church above the other. Like the online experience is not just a substitute. Um, it, it, it's a valid expression of church. Uh, and, and by having both, we don't have these two tiers of, you know, like the good Christians who come in person and then the the lazy ones at home, like that's not how we see things. It's it's like these are here are two options, and you can interchange and design yeah. church to fit your, your life. Like we've got people here who have, do shift work who who rarely can come on mm. a Sunday, and yeah. who are loving doing church on demand. Uh, they can't even tend, mm. attend online live, that, so they're watching later on, on demand, and they've chosen a mm. connect group that actually fits their work schedule. So it's just opened us up to more, more people because we have two valid options. No one's feeling guilty for choosing one over the other. And I think that's been, I think that's been big. Yeah. Yeah. As a result, we've got this happiness all through really, haven't we? I mean, we've taken that stand that um, there's no first and second tier Christians. 
It's just people are at a different age and stage and yep. season. And we're going to validate it and we're just going to help them in their growth towards Jesus. But I think if you ask them what church they belong to, they're going to say Lifehouse for us. you know, And I hope they say the same for you and your church. Uh, I'm not saying Lifehouse is the only church. In our, in our experience, those people are really committed. They're not loose and just wandering around. They actually love the concepts of what you just said. They're, they're, you know, whatever way they can be part of church, they will. Yeah, mm. so it's not it's not driving people to be more complacent. It's just actually allowing them to come in deeper, but at multiple points. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting. We could talk a long time about this. We do have another episode. Sure. Uh, it's a film where we're going to get into the more practical side of this whole uh, online and in-person uh, and experience and how it all works together. So thanks so much for your time, Pastor Rod, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.